Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have listener questions and headlines. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, April 30th, 2021. It was a sunshiny day, and now it's a rainy gray day. But that's okay, because my little plant friends out there, they are getting watered. And yesterday was a rainy day all day, and they got watered really well. So I looked at them this morning, and they were growing beautifully. And I was just thinking, like, man, I hope they get more rainwater. And here it is. So I don't know if anybody here is gardeners or anybody that's listening is gardeners. Um, it's just a fun little hobby. We plant them and sprout them in the basement, you know, over the cold months, you know, just leading up to spring. And then at the end of winter or before last frost, depending on the vegetables, or after last frost, we put them in our raised beds out there. Anyway, I'm a new gardener. <laughs> I, I like the hobby. Um, hey, but going back to something I said yesterday when we did the Kurt Cobain NFTs, I, I love you guys. I love all the listeners. You want to know why? Because I got like a dozen emails or messages or DMs or tweets or whatever just saying, Kurt Cobain was 27 years old when he died. Joining the club of the 27-year-olds that die, and it's like a trend apparently from Jimi Hendrix to, uh, I don't know who else, Kurt Cobain and other people. I, I, I feel like I knew this, but I couldn't, I didn't know this, I guess. And well, you guys let me know that I didn't know this and everybody else knew this. So I want to say thank you very much for all of the emails telling me that, hey, you should know this dude. You should absolutely know this. But I know something that you don't know, and that's the crypto prices. But I'm going to tell you right now. Let's get into it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 11.45 Eastern Standard Time. I'm getting better at doing this later. I have a new pattern of how I record the podcast, so I do it later in the podcast. Anyway, Bitcoin is sitting at Yowzers, $56,944, up 5.8% in 24, or 14% in 7 days. Ethereum, $2,744, down 1.5%. Binance Coin, 605, up 2%. XRP in number 4 at $1.56, up 12.3%. And Tether's in the number 5 spot. Rounding off the top 10, we have Cardano, Doge, Polkadot, Uniswap, and Litecoin at number 10. Total market cap for the cryptocurrency space, we're at $2.16 trillion and a BTC dominance of 49.1%. Now let's get into those listener questions. First question I have, can you explain how BlockFi and Nexo work with loans? I've opened accounts with them, but I haven't applied for loans yet. I don't understand the benefits really. Thanks for the help, Sebastian. That's a very good question, Sebastian, and let's just try to tackle this. Well, first let's talk about the loan. BlackFi gives you collateralized loans. And basically what you do is you give them your Bitcoin, let's just say $100,000 of Bitcoin, and then you can get a loan up to 50% of the value that you put in there to collateralize that loan with. So let's just say you wanted to build a deck on the back of your house. You know that the deck's going to cost $10,000. 
I don't know how much a deck costs. So if somebody's screaming at the podcast right now saying it doesn't cost that much or that's not nearly enough, I, I don't know. We're just going to use it as an example. <laughs> but let's just say the deck costs $10,000. And you want to go to a bank and you go to a traditional bank and they say, I want to build a deck. Can you give me $10,000 and I can make payments on it? And they're like, yeah, we we're just not going to give you the money for that. Or you have to go through all the rigmarole to try to get approved and they have to see if that's what they, something they should do. If you're credit worthy, it takes a ding on your credit. You just don't want to go through all that. But you have $100,000 in Bitcoin. You don't want to sell your Bitcoin. Bitcoin is going up. Why would you sell your Bitcoin? But you do need $10,000 of cash because you do want to put that deck on the back of your house. Well, you remember, you can get a loan of 50% of whatever you put into BlockFi. So you put $20,000 of Bitcoin into BlockFi get $10,000 in cash to pay for that deck, you build the deck, and then you pay off that $10,000 at whatever it is every month, let's just call it $1,000 a month over the course of the year, and then you pay back your loan, you get your Bitcoin out, you don't lose your Bitcoin, you have a deck on the back of your house, and you took out a fairly low interest rate loan. So that's what you could use it for. It's for people in crypto, BlackFi knows that most of our net worth is in cryptocurrency, and they know we're cash poor, and we don't want to sell our crypto, but we might need a deck on the back of our house or a small lump of cash to do something. Build our business, take a vacation, you know, whatever you want to do. Buy a car, but they give you a one-year loan on that crypto. I suspect that other people take out loans to take out a loan against their crypto to buy more crypto, which I could totally see happening. Don't recommend that one bit. So if anybody figures that out, don't do that. Um, but basically, they're going to give you cash when you need it and collateralize it off your crypto. I guess the natural question is, why don't you just put it on the credit card? Well, a credit card, oh, well, their interest rates are what, like 24% or whatever? Maybe you have that one of those credit cards with no no interest for like the first year you get a new credit card. Well, then that's probably the better thing to do. But if you just want to pay so, for something in cash and you know just pay it off over the course of the year and it's relatively affordable, then maybe you want to do that instead of putting it on the credit card. There's many options. I guess they're just giving you another option of how to get cash in hand for small projects that you need or large projects when you know you could pay off the loan in a relatively short time. I have another question here from Christian. And Christian asks, would you buy shares of Coinbase now or give it a few months until the price settles? Christian, thank you very much for that question. Please remember that this is not financial advice, trading advice, legal advice, tax advice, or any other kind of investment advice. But I will tell you what I've learned, what I've heard, and just my overall feeling about things. If you listen to the All In podcast with Chamath Palyapitiya and his besties, they talk about getting the beak wet. And when they were talking about getting their beak wet, they were talking about Coinbase and direct listings, IPOs in general. They peak out the gate, they go down, and it takes a couple years for them to recover. And this is price discovery. This is finding their way in the market. This is finding their products. This is finding how they're going to react to everything. This is kind of a new territory for them. And it takes a while for them to go back up. Other people like Tony Robbins, he says, hey, why are you going to try to buy the lowest price or sell at the highest price? Just buy it. If you believe in the stock, buy it. Buy it high, buy it low, and just buy it. Also, Tony Robbins and Warren Buffett, they say, don't invest in individual stocks. Go with the NASDAQ index. Go with S&P 500 index. Don't put all your stuff into one company because why are you going to let it all ride on one company? You don't know what's going to happen. But you can spread that risk around over the whole market. And also another thing I hear about, don't buy the company, buy the people. Look, Brian Armstrong has been working hard to make Coinbase what it is. And well, I don't think he's going to work any less hard now because Coinbase went direct listing and he's a billionaire. I think that he's going to use that money. I think he's going to use that power and he's going to try to make Coinbase the biggest damn bank in the world. Um, so what I'm trying to say is I'm not giving you investment advice. 
All I'm trying to say is there's many different ways to manage your risk. Understand your risk tolerance. Understand that there's different ways to invest and understand there's different reasons to invest in a company, the company, the product, the people, and so on and so forth. And once you make that decision, make sure you're okay with it because upside or downside, win or lose, that's the decision that you made. Our next listener question is going to be answered by Daniel Roberts, editor-in-chief of Decrypt. This question is from Albert, and Albert asks about altcoins. He says, I'm following a few altcoin prices, and many of the coins started rallying quite nicely recently. Most of them started in January this year. Some of these coins have been around since 2017, and some from 2019. And I see some developing. A long time nothing, and then all of a sudden they go from 0.05 cents to $6. I know this is a tough question, but how likely is it that the coins that we see now 100xing are going to go back to where they started when we hit a bear market. Will eventually all coins fall back, or can some of the coins maintain their prices when the hype fades? Apart from that, is it all hype at the moment? Hi, Albert. This is Dan Roberts, the editor-in-chief of Decrypt. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Great question about altcoins, and it is so interesting, isn't it? As we track the different prices of the overall crypto market, We've seen recently an effect of rising tide lifts all boats, right? Uh, as Bitcoin and ETH and the big dogs go up, uh, much of the time, not all the time, but much of the time, it pulls other altcoins up with it. Now, your question in reference to 2017 is a really good one. I mean, we're seeing some of these zombie tokens, as some people call them, come roaring back in price. But in some cases, that doesn't necessarily mean that the business or purpose or protocol or use case behind them has come back. And to me, that's what really matters in the long run. So it's case by case. In other words, there are tokens that when they were launched in 2017 were launched with big fanfare and the companies that were selling those tokens said, here's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to create blockchain for the entertainment industry or we're going to do a token for gaming. And everyone said, oh, OK, I'll buy that. And then in many cases, nothing ever happened. And that's why the SEC cracked down on so many of those ICOs, because they were just clearly a money grab. But in some cases, some of those tokens still exist and now actually have an ecosystem behind them. And so, you know, ICO has become a dirty word. But even though a lot of the ICOs were total junk, some of them have survived and thrived. I actually think NFTs will be the same way. There will be a shaking out where the wheat is separated from the chaff. And a lot of the NFT stuff in hindsight will look junky, but the quality uh, tech efforts and examples will survive. So all of that is a long way of saying that some of these coins might fall way back and retreat. Some of them might not. I would uh, investigate and do your homework on each one. You know, I don't necessarily advise anyone to invest in any of these things. But if you want to buy some or you're invested in some, do your homework and see what actual thing, purpose, business case, protocol is behind those tokens. And if it's scant and there isn't much, then why should the price rise? Now, of course, Dogecoin is a big um, exception where it was created as a joke. It's still a joke. It's a meme. And yet the price rises thanks to people like Elon Musk. But there's nothing really behind it. So, you know, it's a strange market. But as you yourself say, I agree with you at least about Bitcoin. That now with all the institutional investment, Bitcoin is unlikely to have a dramatic, you know, crash to below 30,000. But who knows? I also love to say don't believe anyone who claims to be able to predict exactly what will happen with the price in the near future. But uh, I think with Bitcoin and ETH, those two at the very least are here to stay. Uh, with all the other altcoins, anything can happen. Thanks. And finally, the last question, the last listener question is... 
Why did you change your name from Matthew Aaron to Matthew Deemer? I must have missed the explanation. Thank you for this question. And I'm going to go a little bit deep with answering this question because I was talking to a friend, an old friend in the crypto space the other day, and we were just actually talking about just this thing. And what it is, is that we created a separation. I created a separation from who I am, who I've always been known as, Matthew Deemer, and this new crypto or online personality. This person that is going to be broadcasting himself all the time. This is something I have never done before. You know, I started in 2017 and I've never been just out there front facing as me. And so there, Matthew Aaron gave me this little buffer, you know, it's like Matthew Deemer is the guy who went to work. Matthew Deemer is the guy who went to school. This is all Matthew Deemer. This is who I am. And Matthew Aaron was this little buffer just to say, okay, this guy is somebody different. But when I decided to run for office, I decided to say, you know what? These barriers are stupid. <laughs> I want to run a campaign of authenticity, of honesty, of transparency. And to have my Matthew Aaron persona, even though even though everybody who's listened to me for so long knows that that's my middle name, not my real last name, why, why even have that little barrier? Let's just break it down and whatever happens, happens. Get to know me. Get to know my life. Get to know who I am. You know me already by the show. So just know me as a candidate. Know me as my real last name and just let's just have 100% transparency. Anyway, that's why I decided to change my name from Matthew Aaron to Matthew Deemer, even though I have such a long standing of Matthew Aaron in the podcast or the crypto space. It's just to, eh, let's just put everything together. There's no need for a separation. And moving into today's headlines. <laughs> Guess what? We have a story about NFTs. Well, the UFC, or Ultimate Fighting Championship, you know, the MMA, you know, fight competition. Well, they're going to start making their own NFTs and other cryptocurrency products. And first, they submitted a trademark application because they want to make sure that it encompasses not only fungible or and non-fungible tokens alike. They want to make sure that these cryptocurrency services are under their UFC brand name. Why? Because they are, number two, going to start rolling out with all kinds of different things. Ways to access, receive, spend, trade. Uh, they're going to do NFTs and collectibles and digital assets. Apparently, they want to get into the game heavily. And they're going to lock down it under UFC. And I can't believe nobody has made UFC coin yet. What a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> anyway, that's what they're doing. More NFT more people coming into the crypto space in one fashion or another. This next one's a very interesting story. The NVIDIA, you know NVIDIA, the GPU graphics card manufacturer, um, they make basically graphic cards for gaming platforms and gaming rigs. You know, if you are a gamer and you are online playing some very graphics intensive game, you need products that can support those graphics and they can run them really fast. And that's what they do. But you know what? These graphics cards are also really good at mining cryptocurrency. And so what happened in the past is that these cards, these graphics cards, were snatched up by Ethereum miners to mine Ethereum. And NVIDIA, they put in a little code or a little limiter on these GPUs to make sure that it throttles the mining performance so that miners wouldn't buy all their cards and those graphic cards can be used for their purpose. Gamers. Well, it was interesting because... They kind of didn't put that in there for a small little window this year. And like from March until I guess like now, you were able to buy these cards and mine with them. And people found that out really quick. And well, they're buying the crap out of them. And now NVIDIA is reinstituting the throttle on those cards. So in summary, graphic cards are really good at mining Ethereum. The graphic card manufacturers say, well, we don't want all of our cards bought to mine Ethereum. We're going to put a limiter on there so you can't mine with it. Uh, they messed up, the cards were bought, 
and now they're putting the limiter back on the cards. I think this is interesting because it kind of outlies a hmm, an interesting conversation of what you can do with people's products. If the product is purchased and it's not being used for its intended use, is a company able to limit a product so it's only used for its intended use? I just think that's an interesting thought experiment. And finally, if you didn't do that free registration for the Ethereal Virtual Summit powered by Decrypt, then you should do that because it's coming up next week, May 6th and May 7th. And it's going to have an all-star lineup, including yours truly, me. I'll be interviewing somebody May 6th at 1.30. And I promise I won't be holding back any punches. So day one, what do you get? Well, Mark Cuban's going to be there, the Winklevi, and a fireside chat with Edward Snowden. Day two, Vitalik, CZ Zhao, new Binance.us CEO Brian Brooks will be there, Miami Mayor will be there, Mike Novogratz, and of course, consensus's Joe Lubin. Don't forget to sign up. Obviously, it's going to be on Zoom. Obviously, because it's virtual, but you're going to see a lot of good conversations there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to DeemerForCongress.com, D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com. Donate to the campaign. And for everybody asking, do I accept cryptocurrency? It is coming. It is in the works. I am just going through the application process to get the payment processor on the website. It's going to be there within a week or two. Also, Apple Podcasts, go there, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. I love reading the comments, and I want to say thank you to everyone who wrote comments. I love reading them. And until tomorrow, the weekend update, happy hodling, everyone. Have a great weekend.